Good morning. How is everyone today? Good? Not so good? <laughs> All right. Y'all are really quiet. Everybody was quiet today. Everybody's quiet at 9 o'clock. All right. Welcome. Welcome and welcome, welcome. And let me offer you a couple of announcements. First of all, the pumpkin patch is still open. It will be open today after church. We still have a fair selection of pumpkins. We sold a lot of pumpkins, but $2, $4, $6. You can't beat those prices. They'll also be open again tomorrow from 4 to 6, each day through Friday, and then again next Saturday at 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Coming up, mark your calendars. Save the date. Our annual Halloween Carnival and Trunk or Treat is set for 5 p.m. on Sunday, October the 26th. That's two weeks from today. Volunteers are needed. Contact Katie. Accepting donations of candy and small prizes for Carnival Games. That's really a big thing, and it's open to people not just in our church, so if you remember to spread news around, okay? Carnival and Trunk or Treat. Basketball sign-up information is in your bulletin. If you have uh, a child or know a child who wants to be part of the church basketball league this year, if you look, you'll see the information on how to contact um, Tommy Stanton. A reminder to the church council, you are the charge conference. Charge conference meets on the 20th. That's a Monday at 7 p.m. Uh, the SPRC uh, will meet 30 minutes prior with the district superintendent. Uh, the district superintendent said that he did not want to read all these reports <laughs> out loud at the charge conference, which is fine with me. We only got about this many. But he will do only the necessary business, he said, and then he wants to hear why he, the people who are there, he wanted to hear why they liked Memorial. What do you like about Memorial? So if you are part of the administrative council or if you just want to come and say why you like Memorial, you need to come uh, on the 20th at 7 o'clock for our annual charge conference. Okay. All right. That's all we have. Let's begin our worship.
be with you. Let us pray together. Lord, we come here today because we can, because you have created this amazing world, because you've given us days and nights to live by. You've given us minds to make decisions and understand with, and hearts to fill with. And because we are lucky enough to have the freedom to use these gifts. Amen. join our voices in our affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
be seated, please, and let our children come forward now for our children's time. Good morning. Last night when we were coming home from the ball game, we were driving through Easley, and on the side of this great big tall building, there was this big scary looking ghost. And my husband looked at me and said, don't be scared. And I said, okay, I won't, because I'm with you. Well, do you know what scared me? What scared me? That's right. To be afraid is to be scared. To not be so sure about something. That's right. Or to have fear. If you have fear, you might be scared. Well, are you afraid of anything? Being alone. Some people are afraid to be alone. How about spiders? No? How about um, snakes? Yeah, snakes, yeah. Okay, when I was little, we lived in a house that had this basement, and it was really dark and cold down in the basement. It wasn't finished, it was, there was a lot of dirt there. And I was always scared to go down in there. But after I grew up a little bit, I realized there was nothing down in there to be afraid of. So I, I, as I grew older, I wasn't afraid to go down there anymore. Um, and there's people that are afraid of a lot of things. I'm going to show you a big word. Let me see if I find it. And my first graders, they like learning big words. And this is a great big word. I think it's pronounced catatrophobia. Catatrophobia. It's a big word, isn't it? Do you know what it means? It means to be afraid to look in a mirror. Are you afraid to look in a mirror? No, I'm not either. But some people are afraid of looking in a mirror. But I'm not. But people are afraid of all kinds of things. But you know what? The Bible teaches us that you don't ever have to be afraid, ever. And do you know why? Because God is with us, always. And some of his Bible verses that he wants us to know is, this one's from Psalm 28, 7, and it says, The Lord is my strength, my shield from every danger. So don't be afraid of dangers, because God is with us. And another one, he says, is in Isaiah 41, 10, and it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Now, sometimes there's some good things to be afraid of, like strangers, you shouldn't not be afraid of them, but just be very cautious or be 
cautious when you're playing outside near the street. Don't go in the street. Because it's okay to be afraid of some things. But God wants us to turn to him anytime we think we're going to be afraid and say to ourselves, don't be scared. Say that. Don't be scared. God is with me. Say, God is with me. And today, I'm going to give you a little ghost, kind of like that big ghost I saw out on that building. And it has your two Bible verses on there. Uh, the Lord is my strength, my shield from every danger, and do not fear, for I am with you. And I want you to know, if you can remember those things, because when you take away your fear and take away the scary spot, the scary things in life, underneath, if you turn to God and trust God, you have something good. Is that something good? So remember, take away the scary part by having trust in God. Okay? So remember, have faith and trust in God. And don't be afraid. So today, before we go back, we're going to turn out that way. And we're going to tell everybody. I want you to point your finger at them. Everybody do this. Say, don't be scared. Say it loud so they can hear you. Don't be scared. God is with you. It's very good. Thank you very much for coming. And I hope you like lollipops. First scripture lesson this morning comes from Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. These are the final words that the Apostle Paul said to the people of Philippi. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace 
will be with you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us bow our heads for prayer. 
Oh, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh, God, your steadfast love is from one end of the earth to the other. And we gather here before you and offer our worship. We pray that you receive our songs of praise and thanksgiving. And we humbly come before you with our petitions and our confessions. We confess this day, O Lord, that in the midst of your abundance, we often fail to trust you. That although you've promised to meet our every need, we depend upon our own abilities to meet our needs. And as we rely more and more upon our own desires and resources, we erect idols which become our gods. Even though we know you call us to your feast, we choose to follow our own ways. O oh Lord, in all these things in which we have dishonored you, we pray your forgiveness upon us. Forgive us our sinful ways and make us once again by the power of the Holy Spirit your people. Give us a mind to let others know of your forbearance and that you are at hand that in this way all the world might be brought to rejoice in you always. Oh God, your mercy is always offered to those who seek it. And we pray this day, oh God, you'd visit your children who suffer for whom we pray this day on our prayer list and in our hearts now. We pray the aid of your mercy. We pray that you'd restore their health. We pray that you'd make them whole in the way that your will directs. And we pray that you would comfort those who mourn and give strength to all those who may be discouraged this day. And then grant that both they and us may give thanks to you in your holy church. Hear us, O God, as we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and as he taught us to pray with one voice, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We unite and met this believe it given as an act of worship. And so let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
You may be seated. The reading today is from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 22, beginning at verse 15. Give attention to the reading of God's holy word. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap Jesus and his words. They sent their disciples to him along with some Herodians, and they said, Teacher, we know you are a man of integrity, that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites! Why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And he asked them, Whose portrait is this? And whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And when they heard this, they were amazed. And so they left him and went away. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank You for Your words, for Your Spirit that's with us, teaching us even now. And we pray for that guidance to understand these words for our time. We pray in Your name. Amen. I'm like everybody else. I don't like to pay taxes, but I understand that they're necessary. I know that if I want good roads and good schools and if I want police and fire protection, stuff like that, I know I have to pay taxes. Taxes are part of life. They have been, as you see in that reading, for a long, long time. But what I really think this scripture is about is how to juggle the idea of dual citizenship. How do we juggle the idea of being a citizen of heaven and at the same time being a citizen of earth? So you heard the scripture. They tried to trap Jesus. You see, the thing is, is if Jesus agreed that it was right to pay taxes to Caesar, uh, they would say that he was opposed to God. And if Jesus said that the taxes should not be paid, they would say that he was treason, committing treason and should be handed over to the authorities. But I tell you again, this is really not about taxes. This is about us Christ followers, us followers of God. How are we to live in a world where we're subjected to the government? You know, sometimes you'll hear someone say something like, why should I support this person because they have policies and things that they're not like anything I believe in. What they're doing is ruining our country and we're paying taxes to support them. And that's really what was going on that day in front of Jesus. Think about it this way. They were under the the hill of ancient Rome. If there was ever an evil empire, there's one. But Jesus knew how to weave through things, and he says, give to Caesar what's Caesar's, and to God what's God. The main lesson then, I think, is this. Government does have a rightful place in everyone's life. People can be subject to government. 
and at the same time be subject to God's rule. It's not either or, it's both and. We're subject to the earthly government, but we're also subject to God's authority. Caesar had the right to claim their tax money, but he had no claim on their souls. And it's important for us as followers of Jesus to realize that we face the same thing in our world today. This dual reality of being under the government and our responsibility to God. And Jesus explained, I think, in this scripture that you can do both if you keep priorities straight. And so can we. We must live not only as a citizen of heaven, but as a citizen of the earth. And the way we do that is we keep our priorities straight. We keep our use of time. We keep a balance in our life. And we understand that God's unseen hand is still at work. God's unseen hand still guides us. It's not that it's not there, it is there. And the Apostle Paul echoes this thinking in Romans 13, 1 through 7, where he says everyone must submit themselves to the governing authorities. For there's no authority except that which God has established, which recognizes God's hand, God's unseen hand, even with authorities over us. In this case, as Paul was talking about, even with these authorities of Rome over us, you see. And so he goes on a little further in verse 6 and 7 and says, Give everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay your taxes. If you owe respect, show respect. If you owe honor, show honor. And this was spoken. Let me remind you once more. This was spoken about a conquering power in their land. This was not a government they had elected for the people, by the people, of the people. This was a conquering government in their land. And yet Paul says, echoing Jesus' words, that we can have dual citizenship. We can operate as citizens of the earth and citizens of heaven. We can show respect in both cases and still live through this world and live through the hardships that we have to live through. You know, being a dual citizen came home to me kind of in a kind of weird sort of way. When our daughter, Ashley, who was here at the first service with two of my grands, she, uh, when she went off to Winthrop, uh, I applied through, as everybody does, through for student aid to see if there was anything available, scholarships, so forth and so on. I got a polite letter back that said that I was not a citizen of the United States, and so therefore I couldn't uh, qualify. Well, I looked at that letter and I thought, well, I thought I was a citizen of the United States. <laughs> Let's see now, my parents were both citizens. I was born in an army hospital. I was born in the territory of the United States called the United States Canal Zone. But somehow or another now, I'm not a citizen. So I applied for my passport. And sure enough, it come back, U.S. passport, but it said, I place a birth Panama. So I called up. It was the Social Security Department. 
And I said, what is this that I'm not a citizen? I hears all the ways and I'm a citizen. And God bless her. The little girl on the other line of the phone said, I've never heard of the U.S. Canal Zone. <laughs> she was obviously born after that period of time in history. <laughs> but anyway, we went through around and around with them, and I actually had to produce, believe it or not, my mother and daddy's birth certificates and the certificate of live birth from the U.S. Canal Zone that my mother just happened to have enough sense to get a copy of before they left the country. Uh, Daddy was in the Army and uh, was stationed there. But I have been told that I have dual citizenship. I have been told that I can be a citizen of the United States or a citizen of Panama. If things get much worse in our country, that might be a good thing to know. <laughs> But Paul is explicit here as Jesus was. We have to live as a citizen in two places, a citizen of heaven and a citizen on earth. And there's a way to do that. And I want to offer you just a few ideas, especially as we come upon the, our biannual election. Now, I'm not going to tell you how to vote, and neither do I allow people to put voter guides in the church explaining why you should vote one way or the other. But we should, as good citizens in our dual citizenship of the earth, we should seek betterment in our community. We should volunteer. We should take time to get to know those around us. We need to get to know the leaders in our community. Uh, I asked them at 9 o'clock, did they know that we had a member of the county council in our congregation? Did they know we have a member of the city council in our congregation? I saw a lot of blank stares. The, we need to be good citizens of the earth by learning who our leaders are and praying for them. Another way that we can be a citizen of heaven while being a citizen on earth is, my opinion, is to be involved enough to learn the issues and the candidates. Listen, no one party is right on all the issues that are important to Christ's followers. But when we look at leaders, we should look at leaders that match as close as we can to our understanding of justice and injustice as taught by our Lord Jesus Christ. That should be our guidepost. And we should respect each other's opinions uh, when they are different than ours. And I like to just simply remind our folks and remind you and remind others that as citizens of heaven we, and the citizens of earth, having this dual citizenship, people are watching us. People are paying attention to how we act. People pay attention to these things. You know, we have a lot of luxuries in this country that a lot of places don't have. We can complain, make fun of our leaders. We can, you know, one of the couple of the three top shows is, uh, what's it, Fall Fallon at Late Night, I think it is with Fallon, and uh, Colbert, and who's the other one, John Stewart. They make fun in their programs every day of our governing authorities. That's because we have the right and freedom to do that. And we should not take it for granted. We live in a great place. We can write letters to the editor. We can vote. We can run for office. Or we can just plain whine and gripe if we want to. But it's important, I think, for us to remember 
that as citizens of heaven and citizens of earth, uh, it's important for us to, to exhibit behavior that would make other people want to be and want to know about the other citizenship, the citizenship of heaven. Whether we like it or not, we live in a fallen world. And the question that we always have to answer, I think, is this. Will we be a people, as citizens of heaven, who live and engage in our communities in such a way that others will want to be a citizen of heaven? You know, you don't have to look real hard to see that Christians are often portrayed in a negative light. How do we counter that perception as citizens of earth and citizens of heaven? How do we counter that perception with those who don't know the church and do not understand Christ's followers and do not know where we come from? I think one of the ways we can do that is be intentional. Uh, be intentional. Know, know the issues, know the leaders, uh, know, know the one who, who people are running and what they're running for. I don't know if any of you noticed, saw this news blurb the other day, but they showed, uh, they were asking in the streets, I forgot where, what city, they were just simply asking them if they knew who the vice president was. <laughs> Whether you agree with any politics or not of the vice president, you ought to at least know his name. Not one of those people, they would say, do you know who Joe Biden is? And they were like, uh, is he a terrorist? <laughs> Some people might think so, I don't... You know, the thing is, is that they did not know who the Vice President of the United States was. How can we be so ignorant in our society not to know the leaders over us? We need to be intentional. We also need to be intentional about our passion for people. We need to be intentional about our passion about items of injustice and in all their forms. It seems to me like we need to be intentional on what the Lord taught us. And when we are intentional, I think people will see what it means for us to have citizenship in heaven. And they'll want that too. What these scriptures are saying, in my opinion, Jesus and Paul and these related scriptures, is that government has its place. But not, do not worry or fear because God's unseen hand is still at work. Even with the governments over us and authorities over us throughout the world. Government has its place. But the church also has its place. And what's important for the church is for us to join Christ Jesus in His purpose. And His primary purpose of coming to earth was to restore people's relationship with God. It's a broken relationship, and it needed to be restored. And Christ Jesus came to do that. And as Christ followers, we need to be, join Christ in that work. People need to see our love. People need to see Jesus in us. People need to see us being respectful and courteous to those who might not agree with us. Jesus, people need to see Jesus, and people need to see more than our positions. People need to see our love. 
So what will they see in me? What will they see in you? I hope that as always, we will look at our dual citizenship and we'll realize that first and foremost, we're citizens of heaven. And as citizens of heaven, we represent Christ Jesus in the world today. So I hope that they see Jesus in us most of all. That's my prayer for you. And this is my one and only sermon about elections <laughs> that I do every other year. Now, I want to put a plug in about sermons because I have planned a, actually it's a four-part uh, series. I got to thinking about it after I told them at 9 o'clock it was three-part. But it's actually a four-part series from the book of Thessalonians, the first letter to the Thessalonian church. I think you will see and find in these, this series, sermon series a lot of stuff that is pertinent and useful to your life as you live to be a citizen in heaven and a citizen on earth. I want you to know that those begin next week and then but we, and we're going to do two. Then we're going to have a break and then we're going to do two more. And the break is All Saints Sunday. And I urge you to come and be part of that as we remember uh, prayerfully uh, those of, in our congregation who passed since last All Saints Sunday. And I wanted to say this because of the children's sermon. Because folks, that's exactly where all this came from. All Hallows Eve, if you know your history, which we call Halloween, the people dressed up in scary costumes and went to the graveside to scare evil spirits away. It wasn't the reverse, as it's become this in our day and age, that the evil spirits are out scaring all the rest of it. We dressed up and scared the evil spirits away because we know where our citizenship is and we know where our faith resides. We are Christ followers. Christ followers. Christ followers. Now, According to my little clock, it's not working. I'm two minutes, I don't know if I'm either two minutes ahead or two minutes behind, but it looks like when we get through singing our hymn and benediction, choral response and chime in the Trinity, that you might get out two minutes early. Okay, now if that's the case, I want you, when you go eat lunch in a public place that many of you do, remember, you're a citizen of heaven, okay? Not just a citizen of earth. Amen? Amen.
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours this day and each day. Amen. Thank you.